they started with $8,000 and they parlayed it into $84,000, I think, over the course of six deals. Right. And that was only a year or something. Yeah, a little over a year of actual mm-hmm. time, you know, doing it. And so. the funny thing is that they just pick and shoot. Like, they're not even doing a lot of deals. They're going to be. Welcome to Turning Profit, a podcast for people that love real estate. Learn the business models and skills that professional real estate investors use to make money and build wealth. Visit turningprofit.com for a wealth of investor resources. And now, here are your hosts, Pete and Heather Reese. Welcome to the Turning Profit Podcast. Heather, it's so great to be here once again. Right? It feels like just yesterday, but it wasn't. It wasn't just yesterday. No. No, it was last week. Once yeah. a week, right? Yeah, once a week. Every Tuesday, by the way. Cool. So what are we talking about today? We are talking about money. Wow, that was deep. Um, I appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> Doesn't everyone want to talk about money? I mean, I do. I think that most people do, right? Especially right. if you're here on this, listening to this, you would. Right. But more specifically, we mm-hmm. are talking about how to fund your land flipping deals without any of your own money. Okay. So that's something that we get asked a lot. Right. And and honestly, it's... um. It's a very, I don't know, it's one of those things in, in land flipping that always gets people stuck, especially when they start looking into it. They're like, wow, this sounds great. I'd love to buy these properties and double my money on them. But, you know, w- when push comes to shove, how am I going to get the money to actually buy these things? Mm-hmm. Or maybe they're just apprehensive and like, I want to bet with someone else's money on the first one. Yeah. Like if they're just not confident enough. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And that happens too. I mean, you know, you you want to mm-hmm. you want to get some, you know, I guess assurances that you know what you're doing and and i guess what better way to do that than risk someone else's money or, or if you have a partner that's apprehensive right right you could say okay i want to do this i'm going to do the investment and the mailing and stuff but i'm going to partner with somebody with the funding right mm-hmm. and then i think that would be kind of solidify it right very right. great so we're going to get into that topic today you know like exactly how that works um to use basically someone else's money in order to fund your land deals. We're also going to get into a few Q&A type things that we've uh, we've pulled from our community. From the archives? From the archives. Well, they're the archives <laughs> of this week. <laughs> yeah. And if you haven't heard, uh, our land flipping community, link right below this video, if you're watching it on YouTube, um, is uh, just a, an amazing kind of compilation of people that are really interested in either getting started in land flipping or we also have some really successful people that have been, you know, doing a million plus a year in land flipping already, and they're there to help people with their questions and uh, and get going yourself. So a couple of things on that, like any community we've ever built, it's based off of the foundation of positivity, right? Right. And that doesn't mean that, like, I mean, if you have a horrible deal, like something goes wrong, it's like we're going to be like, that's great, you know? I mean, right. that's not the case. It's just that there's no like, it's a safe safe place, I guess, to talk about all these things. Yeah, and, and if you're a jerk. Please don't join right, our community. Right, it's not the, it's not the right and place. And if you yeah. act like a jerk in our community, we're going to remove you very, very quickly. Actually, our daughter probably will. Right. Well, yeah, she's helping. She, she actually enjoys that. You know, yeah, the, the moderation. Uh huh. Yeah. It's funny. So, if you want her personal email address, if you get kicked out, let me know, and right, you can complain to her. But the other thing about the the community that I think is so unique is that, like you just touched on, is that we have people in there that, aside from us, that are doing really well in the land community, and they're like actually sharing a bunch of stuff mm-hmm. and it's not which is weird because i think you think in a lot of communities or or not think but what happens is or online places it's like the people who are doing exponentially better than somebody who's brand new obviously 
is kind of a jerk about it or mm-hmm. doesn't or will be like will give you just enough information for you to be like okay so what does that mean right and that's not the case here exactly yeah not the case at all so we're building something that uh did you knock a, yeah. a cord it's okay it, you keep talking and all. it's okay it's i got so excited about the community i started kicking the yeah the if volume you, if you saw off. how many cords and wires and cameras and lights everything that uh this is associated with getting this show off the ground. It's uh, it's kind of amazing. We even have a cat as part of our prop today. It's it's amazing. <laughs> it's true. The cat's probably going to jump into the screen. You know, on a side tangent before we, <laughs> I don't even know what I was talking about. But as a side <laughs> tangent, uh, we did. This is kind of funny. Maybe we'll release some kind of. I have clip, no idea what you're talking this, about. But, so this will be good. Uh, this is a couple weeks ago. We did an episode, uh-huh. and remember, we had to redo it. Oh. Yes, we did the whole episode. It went great. It was a great episode. The only problem is the audio had this. <laughs> oh my gosh, you you have to. Can you can they splice some of that in here? Yeah, hopefully they can they can like, do that. I've got this super complex soundboard thing here, and I don't know how to use everything. But apparently, I had a button pressed on there where it was like a voice changer effect. You know, like if you're some sort of I don't know. Uh, I don't know. It was like witness protection where you're giving some sort of like yeah, I can't remember. It was, interview like, or something. it was the and the best part was when the editing was being done. They're like, uh, we can't use the the audio file yeah we can't fix this we can't fix it and i was like they can't fix it that's really strange so then i i was like well what is it so pete started cracking up when he listened to it. he's like i can't fix it i go what is it and it was really embarrassing so please if you can we'll stop for a sec add it in welcome to turning profit yes welcome how are you doing today i'm doing great yourself Okay, so now you can laugh with us. Right, laugh with us. But it wasn't too funny at the time when we realized we had to do the entire episode again. No, but I feel like sometimes it's like it's even better. It was better the second time. You know what I mean? So I'm okay with it. It's the second time we've had to do it because of that. It reminded Mm -hmm. me of the mishap from, do you guys remember in 2020, the attorney that was like, your honor, I'm sorry. He had the cat cat thing. That was the best. He's like, I I can confirm I'm not a cat. Dying. <laughs> that was the best ever. So, I still laugh at that every that time. That was like the it. only thing good about 2020 was that uh, that little <laughs> bit of funniness. Okay, so let's jump into the episode. Okay, let's jump in. Okay, so what's the question? I, I'm just going to do what we normally do, and I'll just question you. Okay, so, interrogate me. Yeah, interrogate you. Mm. Um, do we so, need one of those lights, like a dark, you know, the flashlight precinct, like uh, just uh-huh. like a light hanging where it over dims me. on me and it shines on you? Right. Isn't that just our regular everyday life? Yeah. Um, So what is the question for the episode? Well, how to fund your land deals with none of your own money. Okay. So and we were touched on. You'd still, I mean, I guess you could use credit cards to do the mailing and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Not an advocate of like going into debt for things, but. um, Yeah, but you know. (laughs) I knew you were going to do Business is about taking risks. I know. And it's about taking calculated risks. And most businesses, even very super large businesses with lots of cash on hand, they're borrowing funds in order to fund their business activities. So, you know, really, uh, there's no reason as a small business owner or a kind of upstart business that you wouldn't be doing the same. Okay, but what if you can't, like, pay your mortgage this month? Well, don't do not do that then. Okay. so it, Pay your mortgage first. We're talking about different levels of, like, mm-hmm. you shouldn't be doing this if you can't pay for food. Exactly. Right? Well, like, yeah, I, I mean, a- there's, there's ways to do it on the side, you know, to... Right. But... And that's why I think what we're getting at is that you should build up to it. Mm -hmm. Like you don't have to jump in and be like, you know, I need $500,000 to start or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, Also, I did that trick on you that where I just didn't say anything. I just like, I just stared at you and you just kept going. Okay. Interesting. So before I knock off all this stuff again. Kicking more, kicking the cables, Heather. Why is it run over my side of this desk? Um, Bad idea. So how does this work? Okay. First of all, is there anyone who shouldn't borrow other people's money in this sense? 
I guess if you know that you're not going to pay it back, are you talking about borrowing money from people or are you talking about partnering on a partnering deal? Partnering on a deal. Okay, partnering on a deal. Well, maybe we should first explain exactly how that okay. works. Okay. Okay. So and we don't I'll... lose people. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So partnering on a deal. So as a land investor, you know, your first job is to actually get the deal, you know, get a purchase agreement signed with a seller of a property that is uh, a good deal. Basically something that you know that if you put it on the market and you sell it with the real estate agent, maybe after a little bit of improvement or just as is, that you're going to be able to sell it for quite a bit more than what you purchased it for. So target is always, we try to double our money on each of our deals. Now, it doesn't always work out that way. Sometimes we actually do better, but a lot of times it's less than that. But regardless, that's kind of the the benchmark that you try to try to hit at the beginning. And I think when people, I'll say real quick, when they get to this part, they say, okay, I send out all this mail mm-hmm. and I negotiate these deals, right? right? And let's say you have you hit a home run and you get a bunch of people responding. Mm-hmm. Let's say, I don't know, like let's say some big number. What's a big number? Well, if you got 10 deals locked up. Okay, and they're each- $20,000, I don't know. Okay, $20,000 deals mm-hmm. and that's 200,000, right? right? And you were thinking, I'm gonna, okay, I've got, maybe you were gonna fund your own deals and you have 100,000. Mm-hmm. And then, but you're looking at 20, 200,000 worth of deals, money. Mm-hmm. So maybe you would sit there and say, okay, well, I guess I'll just cherry pick the, the absolute best ones, mm-hmm. but these, the other half are really good too. I know I would make money. Right. And that's why you're in this predicament. Right. It's like, okay, I mean, you could source money from fam. I don't know. You could do whatever, but you don't have to, because there's kind of this already in this community, this preset way to work this out. Right. Exactly. Okay. And in this business, there's the investor side, mm-hmm. you know, the, the people that are trying to get the deals locked up and everything. And then there's also another side of things that are just, just looking to partner. They are the money people. So they so, understand the business sometimes, or at least they know it to some level. Yes, in most cases. And they're like, okay, this is like, I mean, it's backed by real estate. You're mm-hmm. buying it at a, at a discount. Mm-hmm. And maybe they have some other things going on in their life. They can't actually, or they just don't want to do the day-to-day thing. Or they don't it's like the thrill of the kill. Right. You know it's, what I mean? It's Which, a lot. There, that's a really a, bad thing. There's a lot of logistics <laughs> that go uh-huh. into getting those deals locked up. You've got to send, you got to prepare a list. You've got to send out the mail. You've got to answer the incoming calls. You've got to be negotiating with with sellers, you know, there's a lot of things that that kind of go into that process. But the greater the work, the greater the reward. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. So obviously as an investor, you can then decide, well, I'm going to fund these deals myself. I'm going to send the money to close the deals myself and I'll get all the profits. But the other option is that if you get the deals locked up, there are money partners there that are ready ready to step in. They'll send the entire amount of the needed in order to close the deal. Mm -hmm. The generally what happens is the piece of land goes into their name, the deed goes into their name, but you have a marketing agreement between the two of you that is a split on profits normally. So uh, if you if it's a twenty thousand dollar property, you're thinking, okay, after all commissions, closing costs, everything, we're going to be able to sell it for forty thousand after all commissions and closing costs. Which would it be like a sale price of like. 45 or 50 or something. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, 45 so, around normally. Okay, and then you're just talking about like after every expense is done, you're right. hitting 40. Okay. Right, so then you have a $20,000 profit. Mm-hmm. That $20,000 profit gets split right down the middle. So as the land investor, the person that generated the deal, you're getting 10,000 of that, and then 10,000 of that goes to the funding partner that you dealt with. Now, also the funding partner gets their original investment back, which was say 20,000 in this case. So they get... 30,000 at closing, you get 10,000, but the, the profit is split. That's that's the important part of the deal. There. Right. It's like 
So you're exchanging your your work to get the deal mm-hmm. for half the profit. Like if you look at it, it's like, okay, if I bring the money, I get 50% of it. And if I bring the deal, I get 50% of it. Mm-hmm. And that's just how it, it works out. Right. And so at the end of the day, you think about it. Okay, you probably spend a little bit of money to get the lead itself. Yes, you did. You just spend money to get the deal. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Yeah. But you're still getting money that you wouldn't like. You're still 100% using their money to bring the table. So the way that I look at it is, okay, you could probably lock up some of your cash doing these deals, or you could use that money to get more deals. Yeah. That's the really cool thing about Mm -hmm. it. Like if you actually devoted, if you actually used your money to get more deals, you're going to be so much farther ahead. Right. And it's kind of a win-win because, you know, there's people that have the money that they want to put into it as opposed to the time to to work the deals Mm -hmm. or they just don't like it or whatever. We'll we'll get it from the funding um, partner side of things. I mean, in that scenario, say it took 90 days to sell the property, right? So in 90 days, basically, they took their 20000 and they made 50% return in 90 days. Mm-hmm. Which is, and also it's, as someone who's more, you know, conservative with money, it's backed by real estate that they bought at a discount. Right. So they like, bought, exactly. So they they own a piece of highly discounted real estate and uh, that's that's what their, their money is secured by. It's an actual asset something that they actually own. So, hey everyone, just a quick reminder that you can join our community for free at landconquest.com. Inside, you'll get all the resources, training, and support for building a thriving land flipping business. Once again, that's landconquest.com. All right, enjoy the rest of the show. I think I think generally, most of, if, if in most of these cases, the risk is pretty low. Right. You know, because you're, you're buying a deeply discounted piece of land and uh, it's in your name. So I don't, for, for a funding part, partner's uh, perspective, something deal like that is, you know, if you can get 50% every 90 days on your money, I mean, yeah, and we're that's amazing. Yeah, year it'd be, yeah. Yeah, like if you were to compound that and mm-hmm. project that out for a year, it'd be just astronomical returns. Right. And especially if you look at to right now, like maybe they used to be in crypto or in the stock market or any of these other things. And it's, it is, I guess, as passive as possible for them. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And a lot of people do it in their retirement accounts, right? Right. Yes, exactly. Yeah, they use their, you know, self-directed IRA, self-directed, you know, solo 401k, one of those type of things. And they they do it in that way because it's completely passive. You know, they're not doing anything active. They're not going to the property. They're not doing anything like that. It's just sending the money so it's and a, owning it. And it's a passive investment. Right. So it's almost kind of like a, um, a mortgage holder in a sense. Mm-hmm. Now, what if they're needs to be something be done like uh you need to clear a road mm-hmm. on it How, where's that money normally come from yeah that would be negotiated between the uh, investor and and the funding partner generally you know most of the funding partners are uh willing to do something like that they're willing to put in that additional money in order to make that happen mm-hmm. but it's just a situation like they get paid that that amount back whatever they contributed right so know, it's, and then it's, the profits are figured out from you know with that with taken that total into cost and taken into and account, then yeah. ever where you split that does that ever happen where yeah you that happens too okay. that, that's, that can all be negotiated and sometimes you know some of the funding partners may say well i want if you want to do something like that that's you're going to have to do that right so that happens too okay so. and then do they have any control over the sale of the property in the sense that like Say you want to list it at seventy thousand, and they are like, "No, we want to list it at sixty. Mm-hmm. Generally, that's a collaborative thing. You know, uh, many of these funding partners will rely on the, on the land investors that they're working with to kind of give the the recommendations on where to go with that. 
But ultimately, it's the funding partner that owns the property and, and makes the final say on that. But mm -hmm. generally, you're working with people and you're, you're probably on the same page on that before you even close on the deal. You may, you know, as you're talking, talking about the potential deal, you'll say, hey, I want to list this at 79.9, you know, and if it doesn't sell in three weeks, we're going to reduce it to this and, you know, just kind of have a something laid out along those lines. It's better to do that up, up front. Right. And it's probably better to be like, make sure that they understand that you're not holding out for top dollar. Like mm -hmm. maybe them, they'll say, well, the real estate agent said that we could probably get a hundred thousand, but that might take nine months. Mm -hmm. And you're like, well, I mean, and maybe in some sense that would make sense. Right. Some of these bigger ones, it might be like, okay, we're going to go into this knowing that we're going to hold this for a long time and get higher dollar. Right. Or some of them, if you make it clear up front, like, Hey, we want to just flip this quickly. Mm -hmm. um, that's the goal and right. move your money. And I think for a lot of them, they like moving their money pretty quickly because then they can reinvest, but maybe not like too quickly. Right. Well, you know, when you really do the math, say, for instance, on that deal we were talking about, you know, the, the funding partner made 50 percent in 90 days. Right. So what if they held out for five thousand dollars more on the on the purchase price? But then it took six months to sell. Right. If you did the math you're probably going to do much better moving your money way fast, you know, faster rather than trying to hold out for a little bit more, you know, 10% more or something like that. It's just, I don't know. I'm always of the belief that the faster that we can move things, the better we're going to do in the long run. So, and that's the way it generally works out. Right. And I mean, we do that for a couple of reasons. It's good to get that money quickly so that you can reinvest it and, and you're building it. Right. Mm -hmm. But the other thing is with market conditions, right? That's right. You never know what'll happen. If something were to happen, you want to limit your liability as quick as, or as short as possible, your liability in that market or in that property. Yep. And every deal you do, it's mm -hmm. taking a step up. It's taking a step up. Even if it's a small step, it's a step up. Remember you know? that one, the paperclip that someone traded for a house or something? Like, yeah. Was that like 20 something years ago? Yeah. Yeah. They off of Craigslist or something, they started just yeah. trading. It was like a deal where they started with a paperclip and they ultimately traded it for a house. I mean, obviously, they traded the paperclip for pencil or yeah, and then they they traded that for another thing, and then they kept on stepping mm -hmm. up. And this is basically what you're doing. I mean, you're not dealing with paperclips, <laughs> right. but you're dealing with money and land. But it's basically taking a step up each time, and uh, you'll you'll be surprised where things can end up if you're consistent with this and just continually do deals, and you know, don't hold out for the home runs. So that's right. where you can get burned. I think that's interesting, though, because you could like we were talking about somebody who, you know, I don't know, just has some money. Maybe like I think 20,000 seems to be a right around where people are starting. Does it feel like that? What do you mean? Like people who get into this have tw like around 20,000. Yeah, it depends. Yeah, everyone's situation is mm -hmm. a little different. But I see that yeah. number a lot. But OK, so let's say you had $20,000 and you use it and you you double it. But OK, and you use a partner because that 20,000 needs to go into mailing and you want to have some reserves in right. case you need to do the land clearing or something for the road, not to clear the whole lot. And then you take that. So then you're, you capitalize all that. You get 30,000. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. if you were just to kind of plot that out, that's pretty interesting, mm -hmm. you know, because, and that's something that you could definitely do on the side as you build it up. Right. Yeah. You know, it doesn't have to be your full-time job. Although I think that I know a lot of people that do land investing, if I were to like, kind of like dig into their brains, I have a feeling that even though if they're saying they're doing it part-time, they're going to be spending full time just because it's going to be fun and it interesting. Fun. You know what I mean? It's a game. Last night, I think I had to come in. You were in your office working and I was like, you have to come to, you have to go to sleep tonight. Right. You know, I'm like, I know you're enjoying this, but like, if you don't Considering sleep. Considering I got up at 5 a.m. and I worked the entire day. Actually, like I worked four, the entire weekend. Saturday, I got up at 4 a.m. Yeah. Because you were excited. Right. 
<laughs> I was like, but that's my life these days. So. But I think that's the thing with this is kind of like it's not gambling, but I think it gives you that same kind of you're not a gambler. No, but I think it gives you that same kind of endorphins or something. And so even if you say I'm going to do this part time, you totally can. Like, don't get me wrong. But I have a feeling that if you're into it, you're not going to want to. Well, many of the people start um, part time mm -hmm. until they get the confidence and until they prove to themselves that and they're their able. To, yeah, and their wife. <laughs> or very partner, important. Very husband, important. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Very important because uh, you know once you prove it to yourself and your partner, then you're like, okay, I, you know, why would I stay in my nine to five job and I'm making, you know, I'm, I'm making as much in a month as I do all year. I think the other thing too that. We talk about is the skills that you learn and, and, and what you're doing here can be applied to other parts of real estate, too. Yeah, for sure. So it's like this is kind of a great way to kind of get in there. Mm -hmm. I, and I love, though, that you let's say you have the cash in or, or you're just interested in doing like a couple deals at a time and you can stretch those out. You can totally you don't have to have a deal partner. Right. Like you don't No, I, we, we I mean, we only did partners on three deals so far, over 120 deals, something like that. Right. So. And and we did that strategically for like bigger ones. Mm -hmm. and or really big ones. Um, and I think that's interesting because there's just so many different ways that you can utilize all this. And, and it's maybe like a gateway to, to other things too. Right. But it's fun. I think it's fun too. That's the other thing. Yeah. And you can see the realization of it, you know, pretty quickly. You know, they always talk about side hustles. I think it's like the ultimate side hustle. I yeah. Honestly do. Yeah, I think so too. And I think too that you can do it anywhere and you don't, there, you don't have to spend a lot of time like actually physically doing anything like on the ground. Mm -hmm. I kind of wish we lived near our properties because I know you and I would go see them all. Right. Like that's just what we would. But, you know, like you said, you could do it from anywhere. The, the funny thing is I know people that are in Europe that buy properties, flip properties in the United States or in Canada. Right. You know, you probably think, well, why don't they flip properties there? It's because everything's different. Right. The data is not available for property owners. It's not as easy to get quick transactions done. There's a lot of a lot of things involved there that, you know, they're not they don't have these great apps where they can evaluate these properties from from, you know, their computer screen. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah, and and maybe they just don't have the um it's not as um real estate's not as busy there. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Things don't happen as fast in right. a lot of other countries, you know. Mm -hmm. In the US, it's all about money and getting that money moving and keeping it moving and real estate is one of those things that really drives our entire economy. So yeah, there was this one um, app study that I was just hearing about, and it was talking about like the breakdown. It's a really, I can't remember what the app is though, but, and they were saying, you know, it's 50% um, is the US market. And that's what a lot of these are, you know, the US accounts for. When you think of it that way, mm. when it's not, we're not 50% of the globe. Mm -hmm, right. Geographically, we're not. So, right. but anyways, yeah. So even if you're not in the US, you can do that and don't be limited. Like we're in California. Right. And it could work here by all means. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but it, that's just not what we're doing. Right, right. It's not our market right now. I mean, mm -hmm. we've uh, had some stuff in no Northern California, actually, but but just just not our focus area. But I know other land investors that do a lot around here. But right. Um, so don't be limited by your geographic don't or your geography. Don't be limited by the money you have. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think it's more about creating a plan and then also kind of writing it out. For me, what helps is kind of doing those multiplications on paper or in an app or something where it shows you like, I'm going to start with this. I'm going to do this. Then I'm going to do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you can kind of see how it's going to balloon to what Project you're it out. Yeah. And do, and put your goals and then you'll blow them out of the park. But I think it's a, a good um, exercise to do. Yeah. Like for instance, like our kids, we did that episode with our kids about how that they took, they started with $8,000 and they parlayed it into $84,000, I think over the course of six deals. Right. 
And that was only a year or something. Yeah, a little over a year of actual mm-hmm. time, you know, doing it. So. And the funny thing is that they just pick and shoot. Like, they're not even doing a lot of deals. They're going to be. Mm-hmm. But during that time, it was just because they were both in school full time and they were doing other things. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of, they, that actually was the ultimate side hustle. They were putting in not very many hours during those. Now they've decided, like, I mean, it's hard not to when you see those kinds of results and know that you did it in that amount of time. They're going to be putting in, well, they are putting in a lot more. We need to have them back on for a... An update. update, yes, yes. They ma- they are making some good progress on getting their actual business up and going. Right. And by that, I mean like all the stuff that any other land investor would do. You know, website and sending out their own mail and and you know having a phone number and, and call center. Yeah, yeah. Every everything associated that that any other land investor would do, they're, they're setting up those things themselves, so they don't have to rely on you know, me sending them an extra deal here and there. Right. They want to get their own deals. Mm -hmm. I think that's interesting. Well, let's have them back on really soon. Let's do it. Even just for like a mini update or something. Right. Um, And if you haven't watched that episode, I think it was like the sixth one we did. If you're on YouTube or any, any uh, where you're listening to this, uh, it's in our, you know, previous episodes, I think around episode six, something like that. It's like our kids turned 8,000 into 80,000 or something like that. Right. 84. 84. Yes. Impressive. (laughs) Okay. So you're probably wondering, okay, um, I'm a land investor or I'm looking to become a land investor. Mm -hmm. How do I get connected with these people that are actually deal funders? Yeah. And and a legit one. And a legit one. Right. Do you have any answers for that? No, I'm looking (laughs) to you for this. I'm the question person. Oh, okay. In this case, I'm asking myself uh, Uh my own questions. Okay. I'm here for that. Uh, So yes, it all starts with our community. (laughs) Yes. Our land flipping community. Link below this video if you're watching it on YouTube. I'm going to keep on, I'm going to continually pressing people to to go over there and check it out. But what if they're on listening to it on a podcast? You keep saying like. Okay, yes. In that case, Mm -hmm. go to turningprofit.com. There's a button on there that will lead you right to the land flipping community. Okay. Uh, Just so you have to fill out a quick uh, thing to register and you're you're in. Blood type. Exactly. Social security number. Yeah, all kinds of like. Very personal data. <laughs> no, never. <laughs> None of that stuff. So yes, uh, in that land flipping community, there's a number of uh, really solid funders, deal funders that will work with you. And the other thing is that we are going to be offering that service ourselves as well. Not ready yet. We have to set up some of the structure on that new LLC and some other things to go along with that. But so that'll be ready soon too. And hopefully we can partner with you as well. In okay, the future. so. Are you looking to scale your land flipping business quickly? Well, we're happy to present our new cutting edge system built specifically for land flippers. Take a look at the Land Conquest business system today and you'll gain full access to a customizable pre-made website, CRM, dedicated phone numbers, text automations, 24-7 support, and more. It's basically a business in the box. Go to software.landconquest.com to learn more. Here's the thing, because when we're doing all of this stuff, we how like when we were having our meetings we're like what were the things that we needed to get it up and going like what that we didn't have to like spend like weeks researching and that's where this is all coming from so it's kind of like we're saying okay if like let's say we had started and we didn't have the money to do our own deals what we've done like we would have needed this and we're like okay well we need to have a um you know good source for everyone to have this so that's where all this is coming from it's kind of like we want to and i say this too is that we want to be able to take you from like where we started to where we are now in like an eighth of the time. Yeah. Well, that would be great. Yes. But I mean, that's what right. the, the whole goal is, you know, with all of these things. Shorten that, the learning curve and, you know, supercharge your results. Shorten the success curve. Oh, success curve. I mm-hmm. like it. <laughs> Did you learn that from some, I don't know. 
I have no idea. Inspirational Maybe Instagram account or something? It must have been. Okay. Yeah. Or it just popped in my head right now. But okay. you never know, right? You never know. Yeah. And I never. really don't know. Right. Um, um, and then obviously, if you're interested in learning how to flip land like we do and, you know, our exact system, we are going to be releasing a brand new training program. Not a course. Not a course. A training program mm -hmm. that covers everything like A to Z, like how to set up the business part of it how to evaluate properties, how to do the due diligence on your properties, how to do a transaction on the buy side, how to and do a transaction on the resale side, lots of different things. It'll be very reasonably priced, right? Yes. You mean free? Free. It'll be free. Yes. Completely free. Right. And uh, people ask, like, why would you release a free course that doesn't, you know, these other people are charging $2,000, $5,000, $10,000 for this free course. Yeah. So why are we? Because first of all, it's a training program, which is more <laughs> more involved than a course. Uh -huh. uh, but anyhow, uh, really, uh, we get a lot. We'll get a lot of benefits from putting this out there and and everything. So we're not going to be we're not going to be hurting from this at all. You know, we'll find people to partner with. We'll meet a bunch of cool people. There'll be a lot of opportunities that come our way. Our goal is to share it with as many people as possible, and uh, you know that's that's the reason what we're doing for free. In addition, you know, down the road, we are going to be offering a premium mentorship program where that would be a paid thing, but there'll be a lot more that comes with it, you know, community and and extra services that we can help provide you to, to kind of supercharge your results. But we know that not everyone needs that. A lot of people like to do things on their own, completely fine doing things on their own. So that will be there in the free training program. Right. And the whole, the thing with that, what are you calling it? The premier offering, I guess I'll call it. Yeah. Yeah. I guess. I don't know. Mentorship program. The mentorship program is mm -hmm. again, it's that's people are already asking for that. Yes. First of all. Yes. And second of all, I know that had you had like a really high level one that you could, you know what I mean? Like um, that, that would have been a that would have helped catapult you too. Right. Oh, so, yes. I would have learned a lot quicker. Right. Mm -hmm. And there's also aspects that people aren't covering. Like I'm hoping that we'll be able to bring them, you know, tax, not from us, but tax mm -hmm. planning, like a lot of things that are way higher, like someone who's, okay, my goal, like I want people that have in that program, and of course you're going to be running it, so this doesn't matter, but yeah. I want people who are like thinking way beyond the even millions a year. Like I want someone who's like, I'm going to be, you know what I mean? Taking like, things to the next level. Yeah. You're yeah. making a lot of money. So now what? So you right. don't pay it all in taxes. Right. You know, like what are some strategies you can mm -hmm. use to, or where do I invest this in real estate? Like it's not just, it's, it's going to be focused on people that are making money with land, but then beyond. Mm -hmm. And also that aren't going to be happy with, um, you know, one deal every six months. Right. I mean, yeah. that's cool if that's you. And maybe you still want to join it, you yeah. know, and, but you're this. I want to create this whole thing. That's just a bubble of people that are really taking yeah. it high levels. Mm -hmm. OK, so that's that. That's that. OK, so I think we covered pretty well the the funding side of things. So who shouldn't who would who should not look for a funding partner? Well, I guess if you've got enough funds that you can comfortably fund all these deals yourself, there's probably not much of a need. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you'd, you'd make double the amount of money if you just, you know, wire the money yourself to close the deal. I guess, I don't know who, I don't know who, what That's other... the only one I could think of. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I don't know, is there more? Yeah, am I missing something? Yeah, yes. I mean, I think, but I think that even in that sense, like we were talking about, you might have plenty right now, but one of your mailers might like really blow it out of the park and you're going to, you know, it, yeah, it's or you get someone that, someone that accepts a, a million dollar deal. Right. That's worth two and a half million. Uh huh. And you're yeah, like, are you going to just not do that deal? Or are you going to maybe look for 
a funding partner that would uh, be willing to work with you on that. I think that's a really important thing. I think a lot of people would bail like, oh, that's too much. I can't do it. And I think that those are those ones that everyone has at least a couple in their whole like lifetime where a deal of the century comes along mm-hmm. and don't walk away from it. No. But I, I see that a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I could never, I could never own that. Like, I could never do this or I would never Why? have that. Well, I know, but that's just like, because if you are in a different mindset, you know, maybe your family has always struggled and, you know, it was even down to like food on the table and you're kind of in that scarcity mindset and something like this comes up and you're like, I could never do it. It just mm-hmm. wouldn't happen. Right. So don't limit yourself by the money. Right. Because if you can find the deal, the money's there. Exactly. Uh, I, from Pete Reese quote. <laughs> I think you said well, that's, that. That's one of the reasons why community is, is so important to doing a business like this, because you're going to see people that are doing those types of deals. You're going to see other success stories. You're going to you're going to uh, just realize what's possible. Mm-hmm. And when you realize what's possible, you start asking yourself, why not me? Right. And what else is possible? What else is possible? Uh, and then in the mentorship group, I hope that, too, I want it to be a place where people can be like, hey, this just fell on me, like in my lap. Like, what? What do you think? Because mm-hmm. if you're not uh, fully confident or maybe you're overconfident, I don't know, or you just want to hash these things out, I think that's going to be a great place for that. Right. No pressure. Get it created. Okay. Well, <laughs> I'm working on it. But okay. So I think that we covered who shouldn't, who should, what it is. And it's it's completely legit. I mean, I think the first time I was kind of like, okay, so wait, how, what? Like, right. Do I need to apply for this? Is they going to check right. my credit? Okay, that's gonna... <laughs> another thing, right? Like, they're, It's about the deal. And they do look at the deal. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, it's about the deal. It's got to be a deal. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, you know, many of these land fund funders are pretty savvy when it comes to evaluating properties. They'll look at the deal. They'll look at the comps. They'll, they'll look at the property itself and try to, uh, you know, get some confidence that it actually is a deal. And if it's not a deal, they're going to say, oh, I'm sorry, I don't think it's worth what you're saying it's worth. And which you is know. actually, there's value in that too. Mm-hmm. Right. Because you're actually getting a free second opinion almost. Exactly. On a deal. And you know what? Sometimes things are not as cut and dry in the land land business as, you know, maybe a single family home because mm-hmm. each piece of land is different. So it's not like you're looking at a at a home here and then five doors down, it was the same builder, the same built the same amount of time, same exact floor plan. So you know pretty much what that one is worth because that sold two months ago and you have a very established market price. It's not as established in land, so you have to be a little bit more, um, some of it's done by feel in in a way. So just because one land funder says, ah, I'm just not too comfortable with this deal, I don't know, doesn't mean that another land funder might say, okay, I, I, I do think, I do feel pretty solid about this deal and I will do it. Right, and it could be their own experience. Like maybe they just don't, you know, they've never worked or or invested in a piece of land that, is XYZ. Mm-hmm. And someone else will be like, oh my gosh, I know that area. Exactly. I've or, sold a bunch of things there. Yeah. yeah. Or I know that Tilop, Tagoff, mm-hmm. you know, the way the land is. <laughs> oh, topography? Thank you. <laughs> I was like, what are you saying? <laughs> you know, I know that popcorn. <laughs> uh, you know, so it's, it, or some people will be like, you know what? I had one bad experience 50 years ago with something and I, that's just not my thing. So don't take it. If you know it's a good deal, that's the other thing. You can shop it around. Mm-hmm. It's not like you have to, if Joe tells you it's bad, don't, you know what I mean? That's, right. that's not the, the be all or the end all. Uh, I think that's really interesting too. Okay, good. Everything's interesting to me today. That's good. I'm glad you're very interested. Mm-hmm. Right. So I guess uh, we have covered that um, enough. So we should probably get into those questions that we have pulled out. Heather is going to grab the questions. I know. 
or check them out on her phone. That would be okay. So first of all, before you get into them, yeah, go ahead. These are all from our land flipping community. Okay. I don't know if I mentioned anything about it, but we have a land flipping community. <laughs> I didn't know that. Wow. Um, okay. So join it. Yeah. And then you can ask questions like this too. And then maybe we'll cover them here. This is from Jonathan, the name of the game. It's how quickly can you flip money? I was t uh, taking a look at the first 50 deals report. And based on those numbers, I'm seeing roughly 1 million going in and roughly doubling every 60 days. Yes, that may have taken a year, but those 50 properties were right around 60 day hold times. Okay. So he's referring back to our for 50 first deals, actually your report. Right. Mm -hmm. And he is saying that um, when he kind of does his own math on all that, that's, this is what his calculations are. If that's accurate, correct me if I'm wrong, that's a 600% COC return. No? Cash on cash. Yeah. Uh, question mark. Right. Um, the reason I'm mentioning this is because investors and money will never be the problem in this business. As Kevin Costner said, if you build it, they will come. The only thing that matters is the system and process you create in order to flip that money as quickly as possible. In this case, six times a year, you're doubling your investment. Don't even get me started on parlaying those returns through compounding. Dun, yeah. dun, dun. Yeah. This ties in really well, and that's why that's why I wanted to feature this. Because, mm -hmm. first of all, he mentioned the 51st deals, a video that I did, a mm -hmm. report that I did, which is basically, it's, there are 51st deals that we ever did in the land flipping business. From one number one to number 50. If you go to turningprofit.com, put in your name and email address there, you'll be able to get a link to that video. Little, and I break down every single one of them. I show you what we bought it for, what we sold it for, profit we made, and some notes on each and every one. So, you know, th this question is kind of digging into that a little bit, did some math on it, and kind of trying to figure out the cash on cash return and things. So, yes, the, the returns on our first 50 deals and every deal since then have been amazing in that we're able to turn the cash very, very quickly and make the returns uh, compound pretty quickly. What's so, our average um, hold time now? Average hold time, you know, in, um, in 2022, it ended up being at about 75 days. You know, for most of the year, it was at 60 days. And then we sold off some of our inventory that was kind of stale inventory, I call it. So it was on our books for a long time. And, you know, I probably should have reduced things quicker to just get rid of them quicker. Mm -hmm. But so we sold some of those, which really kind of skewed our averages at the end. So we've been able to stay at around 60, but, um, you know, so. Okay. And with our new system, that also, uh, the 75 uh, day hold time came down to those ones. We didn't have as much help. And there was right. only, only so much time in the day. And it was kind of like we were like just letting him sit there. It wasn't a priority. Right. And now we have a system in place that that wouldn't happen. Right. Exactly. Yeah. We're, we're reducing them regularly if they're not selling. Right. Well, and just, you know, giving the them their time in the market. But, you know, if, if it's not resonating, we're not getting offers at a certain price. Mm -hmm. We reduce it until we do. Right. And you're hitting because a lot of people I, I we learned this, you know, 20 something years ago. A lot of people sort. I don't do this. If I'm looking for a property or something, I don't sort based off price mm -hmm. because price to me is just kind of a lot of times a starting point. But a lot of people do. OK, I'm approved up to this or I only want to do this amount or I have this much cash. And they're all, they're like not looking at the ones and you might miss them by a thousand, five thousand or whatever. So when you reduce the price, it's actually going into a different bucket and people are seeing it. Mm -hmm. And that's the other thing, too. If you're buying. You know, like you would have probably accepted a price that is. Yeah, I negotiate things all the time. You know, right. people will offer me. I mean, me if you're a buyer, we don't ever negotiate <laughs> full price. Only. It just depends. It depends how much room there is and, and if they're able to close quickly and things like that. So there's a lot of factors that I take into consideration, but I'd much rather take a little bit slimmer deal, close quicker, just get it done, move on to the next one rather than, you know, trying to get close to that list price. And you don't want to chase it down. 
No, you don't. You don't you know? want to do that. And, but you inevitably will. Mm-hmm. But so I think that that's um, that's a good thing that that we kind of like look back on. It's like mm-hmm. okay, we should have been, but that was a timing issue. Right. Okay. So I mean, I guess I I don't know if there's an actual question in there, but just kind of the fact that I wanted to feature that because it's about moving things quickly. It's uh, the returns in this business can be like out of hand good, you know, if you know what you're doing. <laughs> uh-huh. And um, yeah, so we are very transparent with all of our deals. So check out the 51st deals if you haven't already. Okay, cool. Um, Asan says pricing in non-disclosure states. Anyone have any recommendation besides just using list price and days on market to estimate the sold price in non-disclosure states when mailing? I feel that these states are probably blue ocean markets but would prefer a better pricing method if one exists. I know PopStream offers MLS access. PropStream. PropStream. What did I call it? PopStream. Oh, maybe I want the 7-Up or something. Yeah, okay. Offers MLS access, but not sure if they pull out, uh, pull over land data very well. Okay. Yes. Very good question. Mm-hmm. First of all, what is a, um, a, I'm asking a few things. What's a non-disclosure state? Uh-huh. Is that the, yeah. Yeah. Non-disclosure. Some states, certain states do not report the sale prices at closings. So it's kind of hard to figure out what it sold for. Yeah, what it know. sold for and what other properties are worth worth based on that. Because basically we're trying to figure out we're we're looking at comps and comps are other sales that have sold recently that are very similar to the property that you're trying to evaluate. So in certain states, they don't report those as public data. So you have to kind of use some other method, methods to try to figure out what that is, what what those those values are. So basically, in those types of states, what you do is you first of all you you look at the you know prices that are active, the active list prices on similar properties. Mm-hmm. Now, I generally don't like using that as a as a comp. You know, an active listing is not a comp because who knows what it's actually going to sell for, and people can ask whatever they want for these properties. Right. So what I do in in a situation in these states like this, I look at kind of the most aggressive list prices and. Say on Zillow, they've got this metric on there. If you pull up the detail on a property, you'll see, okay, this property has had a certain amount of views and a certain amount of saves, you know? So you can see which ones are getting more traction and are more aggressively priced and, and make sense. So those are the ones that you want to kind of, you know, kind of use more of a, of, of a basis. And then I, 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 depending on the market and depending on how active that market is, I'll back off probably 10%, sometimes 20% from those list prices to come up with what my, my anticipated sale price would mm-hmm. be. So, but if you're looking at, at, a, at a comparable property and there's very little activity on it, so you, say you pull it up on Zillow and it says there's two views and zero saves, then you know that they're way overpriced. So you've got to kind of uh, do some further adjustments. Yeah, or maybe it's just not a hot, mar- hot market in and of itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and by Blue Ocean, it means like it's just a huge opportunity because it doesn't have the tools that are available there. Exactly. And the other mm-hmm. thing is I noticed um, certain providers have better data than others in certain areas, like Redfin is, is a good one in some of those non-disclosure states. So look at Redfin as opposed to Zillow. They have more stuff there. Interesting. So. Maybe it's their internal... Mm-hmm. I, that's also, that's interesting because I know in a lot of you're still required like in California you have to report it to the MLS mm-hmm. in a certain amount of time or, right. or the local real estate not MLS but well to the local real estate board so mm-hmm. that's and also that would be a good reason to have an, a local um, agent yeah and that's that's the other thing mm-hmm. you know if you get established in some of these areas and you get some good local agents to work with then they're going to have a lot more data than you'll have 
you know? Right. The other thing that I look for, and this just requires more research. It's not as easy to find a day, but it's, it's there. You can kind of figure it out sometimes. You know, like if you look at a property and you'll see that it's sold, mm -hmm. but there's no sale price reported. Do you have a great deal under contract? We'll submit it to partnerwithpete.com. The Partner with Pete program is a deal funding program where we will actually use our funds to complete the purchase of the property. We will do every other step of the process, including the due diligence, the transaction side, the marketing side, and the transaction on the resale side. And when all the dust settles, we will split the profits 50-50. There is no downside for you as an investor, only upside. So once again, go to partnerwithpete.com, submit your deal there, and let's get it funded. If you go on Zillow or Redfin and it says, okay, it was listed at 99000 you know, on December 1st, went pending on December 2nd, you know what I mean? Right. And then it sold, you know, 14 days later. It's a pretty hot market. Yeah. You would know that that was a pretty, that was a pretty aggressive list price. Mm -hmm. So, and it probably sold pretty close to that if they accepted an offer on it right away. Right. So I look normally, at things like that, okay. you know. Yeah, you just kind of have to read into it. Right. And you get a feel for it, I think. You do get a feel for it. I mean, you'll be doing a lot of that, you know, mm -hmm. but, you know, you just kind of look at things like that and that really helps you kind of put the puzzle together. And maybe if you're not local to that area, that wouldn't be your starting point. Yeah, it's it's a little bit more advanced. Right. It's a, it is a little and bit more probably advanced. A, like he's saying, there's probably a lot of opportunity because there it, there's a higher entry, a bar to entry. Mm -hmm. Does it work opposite lower bar to entry? So yeah, higher, higher bar? barrier to entry. Thank yeah, okay. yeah. A lot of a lot of investors will just not even mail to those states mm -hmm. because they don't they don't want to deal with that. Right, and it takes more time. Mm -hmm. So, but if you can become an expert in in one of those states or something, then that might be a really good thing to do. Okay, um, Ivan asks um, sentimental value. Oh, okay. Let's see here. This is probably one of my favorite things. Okay. Um, hello, everyone. Wanted to reach out to everyone about an obstacle objection that I've come across recently on a deal that fell through because the landowners had sentimental value to the property. That deal was with two sisters who were under a trust. One sister was paying the property taxes and keeping the property up to date. Oh, she was fed up and wanted to sell. The other sister did not contribute much, but had sentimental attachment to the property and she refused to sell. There's more, but I don't have it. Okay. You cut it off. Oh, but, I did? Um, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, here's the thing. That type of thing does come up quite mm -hmm. a bit. And there's really nothing you can do as a land investor to try to talk that sister into selling. It's, it's just not going to happen. So in a situation like that, it's better to just move on, work on the next deal. Let them know that you're still right. there and you're, you'd want to buy the property if they ever change their mind. Be respectful mm -hmm. because you're not going to change someone's emotions. It goes a lot deeper than just selling a property. It's, it's the memories that are there. It's, you know... Who knows what the situation is, but... Or the dynamics between the sisters. The dynamics between the sisters, you know? So that kind of stuff as a land investor, you're never going to be able to get in between there and, and get that thing worked out. It's got to happen on its own. And if it does happen on its own, and they, they do come to the decision they are going to sell, then um, maybe you're going to be there for them to, do, to handle that. Right. Just keep it friendly. Keep it, you know, hey, if you guys change your mind, I, I want to help you and... Right. Let me know. But it's kind of like if you had a, an outfit that a, ba a brand new baby wore. Right. Okay. And it might be sentimental to us because our daughter wore it on the way home from the hospital. But if we like left it out somewhere, someone walking by would be like, oh, that looks like a used shirt or a used outfit. Right. Mm -hmm. It's something that we can't from the outside see inside. And there's nothing that you can mitigate that. Yeah. You know, you figure out their motivation. And if their motivation is something that you can't fix, you're spinning your wheels. Yeah. Yeah. So it's better to just Move on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Move on. And who knows?
those, how many times? I mean, probably a quarter of the time they will come back to you. Yeah, those deals do kind of have a have a tendency to come back. At it some just point. takes a while. You've like planted that seed that this is a valuable property in the sense that it has cash value. Yep, and let them know you're you're professional and you're ready to go. If you know if and when they change your mind. Yeah, and and along those lines, just be understanding to the one that has the value and understanding to the one who's perceived to have put in all the work. And yep. Stay friendly. Okay. Um, Mark asks phone numbers. Uh, when you get a phone number for the sellers to call, is it a local area code? Or is it an 800 number or is an 800 number sufficient? Mm -hmm. You know, I would think that you could probably get away with using an 800 number in some situations. But honestly, the way I prefer to do it is have a, a number that is somewhat local. Mm -hmm. So there are a number of services where you can get, you know, multiple phone numbers set up and they still go to the same place. So you can have, uh, you know, local numbers or regional type numbers set up depending on where you're, you're mailing. And I do think that that that's probably the best course of action. I have heard of other land investors using 800 numbers. I don't do that. But I do prefer, you know, say, for instance, we're in California. And if if we put, and I did this initially, I, you know, we were mailing the East Coast and I had our California number on our letter and everything. So it might have been, or it, it could have been Satan's phone number directly. Yeah, I know. Because it was a California so, yeah, area yeah. code. <laughs> so Californians, uh, you know, obviously um, in some areas probably don't have the best reputation or you I know think we're nice uh, we are we are but the, the perception is right. there that you know we're mm -hmm. you know that it's, it's not a favorable <laughs> perception so right i've realized that it is what it is yeah. right i realized that and then i realized oh hey i gotta get like more of a local address and a local phone number mm -hmm. and then the results improved dramatically well because you originally you just instantly took away a barrier to right you know to your success i think that that as somebody who gets a bunch of junk calls and stuff if I look down at its area code, I don't recognize. I don't even, it's done. And if it's an area code that's nearby, I'm at least, you've peaked. Yeah. Like, yeah, like, why are you I calling? You? Might, yeah. Uh -huh. So, or if you get a letter and you feel like, you know, there's just that, that trust factor that somebody who has a perception of being local has more value, has understanding of the area, uh, is more trustworthy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It is what it is. It is what it is. So yeah. if that's something in your budget, which it's not that expensive. No, it's not. Um, I think that that's an investment that's worth making for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And in that the phone number ties in with the local mailing facility as well. Right. So I think the other ones I would look at is maybe a, if you are based in Texas, maybe I would change that. Just some of these ones that are more polarizing. Mm. I don't know. Yeah. Well, it's always good to have kind of a, a number that's kind of very close to the region that you're mailing. Right. For, for many reasons. Mm -hmm. But phone and mail. Right. Both of them. Yeah, I think that, and these are all just like, just tips that, that if you, yes, you could do it, you could add on to that later, but I wish we had just done it right from the beginning. Exactly. But I didn't think about it. No, no. And, and I didn't think about it either, mm -hmm. <laughs> but you know, you figure out all these things over time and th these are the types of things that, you know, we're laying out in our training program and show you exactly, <laughs> exactly the kind of pitfalls that we've, we've mm -hmm. been through. So you don't have to you know, do those same thing. Right. Things. And where to get this service? Like, because we've gone through a couple. Right. And, <laughs> yes. Um, the good ones, the bad ones. Well, we're not going to tell you the bad ones. We're going to tell you the ones that we use. I'll tell them the bad one. Okay. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't really care. Okay. Anyway, I think that's like, that's it for the questions, yeah, that's, right? That's a, that's a pretty good wrap. I think we covered a lot of different areas and we don't want to have your head spinning too, too much on no. this stuff. But. Trying to keep it around an hour. Right. So. Yeah, we're pretty close. Yeah, we're doing pretty good. But be sure to ask, like, if you have any other questions, I love, you know, grilling Pete on these. So oh, I'm happy okay. to 
to ask him whatever you want, and I'll even kick him under the table if that helps. Yeah, I have to sit farther away <laughs> so you can't kick me anymore. But just a few quick reminders, please. Um, do we have a community? Well, yes, we do have oh. a community, a land flipping community, which is actually going to have a full name of its own soon, coming soon. But anyhow, just a link below this video right now. Join the community. And then as well, if uh, we did talk about the 51st deals, um, go to turningprofit.com and you'll see that right at the top of the page on there to sign up for that if you're interested. And oh, also check out the monthly income reports that we do. Those are on turningprofit.com. Those monthly income reports basically break down every, all the numbers in our business. Revenue we took in, the profit for that month, how many deals we did, each and every deal, what we bought it for, what we sold it for, how many days we held it for, notes on each one, what went well, what maybe didn't go well, and uh, just kind of a, a year to date where we're at. So I'm so. glad that you do those because I, um, I would have like bailed. Yeah, well, That's a lot of it's a lot of work. And, <laughs> yeah. and it took me all day Saturday to get this one done mm -hmm. for February. Right? February, yeah, because yes. we're in March now. <laughs> February. Uh -huh. and, and I've got a team helping me kind of compile the, the data and everything for me. And then I have to write it up and do the video and all this yeah, stuff. Yeah, you well. actually talk about each one. And, mm -hmm. and that's how I learn about every single deal we do. I can hear you recording them. Okay. You don't learn about them when you send the money out or wire the money out or I just receive like the, the money. money. So when I send the money and when I receive the money. Okay. Those are my happy days okay i actually like when when we buy the properties because like that's uh, another pete reed quote that's quote that's when we make the money yeah it is uh -huh. you make money when you buy not when you sell right of course when you sell you actually receive the money and so. i like that part so. yeah <laughs> that's the fun part yeah. actually so if um if you've enjoyed this podcast uh if you're listening on or on youtube like subscribe comment yeah all the stuff all the I know. stuff i never think to do that but yeah that that helps. We appreciate because, any support you are willing mm -hmm. to give us, and then and your comments give us more um, content. fuel yeah. and content. Yes, yeah. yeah. Well, thank you very much for watching or listening or whatever you're doing, and we'll see you next week. Yeah, see you. Bye. All right. Thanks for tuning in, and if you're ready to start turning profit yourself, visit our website at turningprofit.com. And if you've enjoyed this episode, please help spread the word by sharing it with a friend. See you on the next episode.